when people discover things through StrengthsFinder or whatever way they're discovering their genius, they're amazed. Like, oh, the world's not rejecting me for this. Actually, people are really open-minded and um, receive me better because I'm being more of me. Let's go. Hey, everybody, Ryan Roten here, and this is the Brand New You Podcast, where we explore how to use personal branding and social media to impact your career. No need to look any further. You found the podcast dedicated to helping you create a brand new you. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the Brand New You Show. I'm your host, and today we welcome to the show Lisa Cummings, founder of Pinch Yourself Careers. As the chief strengths sleuth, Lisa brings 20 years of experience and experiments in helping people find and leverage their strengths at work. Her love for the strengths movement started in 2001 when she read Marcus Buckingham's book, First Break All the Rules. Her key takeaway from the book was how leveraging your strengths at work will make you stronger while using your weaknesses makes you weaker. Yet for some reason, she noticed that the world seemed to be obsessed with fixing what's quote-unquote broken with people. Since that realization, Lisa has focused her career on developing people, and now as a certified strengths performance coach with Gallup, Lisa is always focused on the potential in people and how it could be unleashed by using their strengths. Lisa, this is a topic that is very near and dear to my heart. Welcome to the Brand New You Show. Thanks, Ryan. Can't wait wait to talk about some strengths. Well, we're going to talk about strengths, but because you listen to the show, you know what we're going to talk about first, (laughs) which is if you could vacation in only one place, where would you go? And true confessions, Ryan, the first time I heard your show, I thought, no, because I like to go somewhere new every time. So the very first show, I thought, if I were on that show, I think I might refuse that question. But I will say, if I must answer, I would probably pick Australia because of I've been to lots of different countries. And it's the one that I want to go to that I haven't been to yet. So, you know, it's really cool. You you can have the surf, you can have the bush, you can, you know, Sydney, Perth, Tasmania, Melbourne, more artsy. There are so many different scenes, types of topography and geographies to see. Aussies are fun. I like the vibe of um, the country in general from the people that I know from there. So that's what I would pick. So that's my way of working around the question. Instead of telling you the greatest story of a place I've been, I'll (laughs) say a place that I still get to go that is new. That's okay. I'm getting a lot of countries now instead of cities or specific places because people don't want to be limited to a, yeah. to a to a narrow spot. But that's okay. There's a lot of stuff to do in Australia from what I understand. I've never been myself either. <laughs> I, I did hear that answer the other day um, on your show where she gave the USA and I thought that's very clever. That one is a, a very large, broad opportunity. Yes, Catherine is a very clever person. <laughs> <laughs> so what book would you are you currently reading or which one would you take with you when you go on your vacation to Australia? <laughs> so I think um, Australia, I would take, I, I try to go a little more mm, fiction or memoir or something lighter reading when I go on vacation. So I would take Stephen King's On Writing. So it's the next one I have in queue and for that kind of reading. And I just think it's really cool. I read it a lot of years ago and it's Stephen King kind of telling behind the scenes stories about his writing and it's a book about writing. So it's a really cool one, kind of memoir style, learning about him and the 
stories that you already know and then in the context of being a better writer. So that's a really cool one. And I'd say and the other one I just finished I could recommend that's um, nonfiction is Are You Fully Charged by Tom Rath. And it's a really cool one on um, feeling fully charged at work. Things like the the energy you feel, the interactions you have, the meaning you make in work, and those things bringing you energy. Mm. I've not heard of that one, but I have listened to the audiobook um, on writing by Stephen King, and it Ooh. is narrated by him. And I and I liked it. It was very it was very good. He gets into a lot of uh, details, and it's not so much about how to write, you know, like how to use grammar and stuff like that. It's it's kind of his story, which was very interesting to me. Yeah. And you hear some of the influences that made it into the movies that, well, or for people who read them, I think of a lot of them as movies. But when he was writing those screenplays or the stories, and then you see the influences in his life that were inspirations or an interaction with his brother or whatever that led to this thing. And it gives you a whole different perspective on some of the pop culture stuff that's been a part of your life since you were a kid. Yep, I agree. Let's move on a little bit here. I want to play something called Pick One, You Tell Me Why. Would you rather play the ukulele or drums? Oh, man, Ryan, you're going back on my drums, too. Well, if I have to pick immediately, I'm going to go ukulele because it's a brand new lessons. I'm starting up. So I must prefer that right in this moment. But I think like long term over my life, you'll probably see drums more prevalently. So you're a, you are a drummer then? I have a hard time calling myself that because I'm such a beginner. <laughs> so I haven't quite lived into saying those words. I am a drummer. But I love drumming. I love the physicality of it. I love the way it challenges your brain because you have to have all four limbs doing things independently. And I used it at a time in my career even when I was really stressed out and I was able to go into the music room for 15 minutes and practice and it took so much focus to gain the independence of my limbs that it was a complete dis just de-stressor, kind of like a, you know, active form of meditation maybe. I don't know, but I love it. That's cool. I am a master at rock band drums, by the way. Nice. Unless the song's complicated and then I'm terrible. <laughs> I think um, that was probably one of my early inspirations for it, too. I think Maps had a song on there. The, or Yeah, yeah, yes. Maps was the first rock band drumming song that got me into it, too. <laughs> nice. See, you should take real lessons. All right. Next one. I don't, I don't know about that one, but next one. Would you rather go hiking in Big Bend, Texas or riding four-wheelers? Um, I'll say oh, those are both so much fun. You know, some stuff. I'll say probably riding. Yeah, they're both fun. I love hiking. I love being able to move and be outdoors and see great views. And riding gives a little more of the adrenaline rush. So that can add some really extra nice stuff. Just got back from Utah doing a, several days of being up and down the mountains is pretty awesome. Okay, last one. And then we will move on. I promise. Uh, which do you think is a better tool for unlocking, we'll say, the hidden person inside of yourself? Improv or the Strengths Finders test? Man, Ryan, you ask such good questions. <laughs> you ask tough ones. Okay, I'll say Strengths Finder. I'm going to prefer for unlocking who you are. But boy, to become a better listener and understand things about yourself, improv, mm, it is so good. You see what you judge yourself about. It's a different way of letting go and um, just being able to really be in the moment and see how how you are and how the world is around you. 
Mm, love both. Yeah. Our, our mutual friend, Gary Ware, turned me on to that question. I listened to your interview with him because he's an improv guy. And yeah, uh, I can definitely see where, you know, if you're in a team environment with a, with a company, how going through an improv session together would definitely bring you closer to your team for sure. Yeah, it, for sure. The team stuff. There's a whole field called applied improvisation. Not very many people have heard about it. And it's applying all those kinds of concepts in your kind of in a corporate life. You can apply it in lots of lives. But even if you just take one, you just go take an, a level one improv class and it's all about these games, essentially, these short form games. But what it teaches you about being collaborative and saying yes in the moment and building instead of shutting ideas down that could fuel your intellection and ideation. You might love that. And um, <laughs> it's just uh, really fun. You have to be in the moment so much. You can't be distracted by your phone and other things that are going on. So teaching you to really listen and watch what's going on has so many ties to work that are valuable. I agree. Someday I may do it myself, but for right now, I'm too chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing, doing what, gosh, I mean, yes, it. you'll feel so chicken when you start. I just started taking improv singing. So you want to talk about feeling like a chicken. I'm thinking I'm no you know, great singer or anything. I just did it because it seemed scary and funny. And it is. It's it's like one of the scariest things I've done. And I'm learning so much about how my brain works and thinking fast on my feet. And it's really cool. So if I can do improv singing, you can do regular improv slow form. <laughs> improv singing. I think that's going to replace American Idol next year on TV. Oh, my gosh. It would be scary <laughs> and hilarious. Okay, let's 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 get into strengths finders now. You I mentioned at the beginning you are a certified strengths performance coach with Gallup. But for those who are listening who may not know what strengths finders is, which I would find hard to believe, <laughs> can you explain to everybody what is the strengths finders assessment? So, strengths finder is from Gallup, the Gallup organization. Most people have heard of that that I talked to and it is a tool that that is out there to assess your natural talents. And then the idea of it is you take 177 questions. They go by really fast. It makes you choose between this or that, basically. And you get these results and they give you your top five talent themes. And these themes, the idea is that they help you focus on what's right about you. And these talents are your natural thoughts, feelings, actions that are just in you. And then you take them and invest in those talents and turn them into strengths in your life and your work so that you can be fully energized and do great work. So the notion is that using your strengths makes you a stronger performer. Focusing on your weaknesses makes you a weaker performer. So it gives you a set of tools to review. It gives you a language. It gives you a way of thinking about how you are and how you approach the world so that you can focus on what's right with you. Now, you mentioned that we get the results come with the top five strengths. How many strengths does the test assess you for? There are 34 of them total. And then you can um, unlock. There's a, another assessment. You can basically buy an upcharge if you want to unlock all 34. So a lot of people will do that after seeing um, the kind of the first pass and investing in themselves. Then they go, all right, I want to see the rest. And you can then see the entire list of 34, what your order is and how that would work. It's pretty cool. Okay. So when somebody takes the test, um, they're going to get they're going to get a book or they take it online, I assume. They can do either one. Right. If they take it online, they get the results like immediately, correct? 
Correct. Okay. And they'll get their top five. What do you recommend to someone who just took the test and they're getting, they're getting the, you know, they're opening up the PDF file and they're going to look at it for the first time. How should they review that document? First, just straight away, this is something that I've heard you recommend as well. They should read the report and highlight it and just look through it and figure out what they believe really resonates with them and start to then think about how that shows up on them at work. And you actually get a couple of different reports. You get a signature themes report. It gives like a generic definition of the five. And then there's this uh, another one that's an insights report. And it's really cool because it takes the information from all of your 34 and then gives more of a customized definition to you. So even though you're only seeing stuff on your top five, it's pulling in information from your entire order. And so I would go through both of those reports that you get and just look at the words on the paper and say, yeah, this one's really me. This one... I don't see as much and then start thinking about the whys. And then the second step, if you have a significant other in your life or you live with somebody who sees you day in, day out, I would take that person and maybe the person you're closest to at work and see if they'll do the same with you. Because it is so much fun. I've had so many situations where people have done their own look at it. And yes, yeah, some look at it and go, oh my gosh, this is like a life mirror. You know, it's it, it has me so nailed. I get a lot of those kind of responses. <laughs> but once in a while, people are like, yeah, I think that's me. And they're they're not feeling the overwhelming feeling like, oh my gosh, how does this person have a camera in my house and how did this report describe me? <laughs> and then once you show the significant other or the very tight colleague or something and you get the, oh my gosh, yeah, this is totally you, people buy it in a different way. So that's always a fun layer to see how others go yep, that nailed you. And here's what else I see. Or I see that showing up when you do this or when you do this task at work, you totally use that. And people get start to feel really good about it because they actually get to see the positive things, how it's showing up in a good way in their life. Okay. I, I, w- I want to back up just a minute uh, because I kind of jumped ahead. I'm excited. This is an exciting topic for me. I think we're both kind of geeky about the, about it that way. Yeah. But yeah. Um, how, how does, let me, let me jump back. How does someone even know that maybe they should take the test? I mean, what, what would they be going through career-wise, personally or professionally um, that would make them go, you know what, maybe this strengths finder test would be something that could help me? Yeah. Well, my first answer is I think everybody can benefit from it. So if you're listening to this and you're alive, I think it'd be a good (laughs) idea because it's just the way we're wired. We're not focused on what we're good at. And a lot of us have spent our lives focusing on fixing things. And so that alone is a great reason. What I see to give you a more realistic answer, like what prompts people to do this, I would say if you're struggling at work, if you're burnt out, if you're feeling drained by the work that you do every day, use this. And it can work like a rearview mirror a little bit. So you can see, well, maybe the responsibilities you have today are pushing you into your weakness zone. And maybe you can shape the job you're in so that it can energize you more instead of draining you. So if you're really at that point, I think you've called them career pivot points where you just think, I need to do something different and and you get to the break point and you know it's time, this would be a great time to take it. If I, if I take the test today and I were to take it, say, two years from now, would I? do you think I would see changes in my strengths? You might. Um, when Gallup has done research on that, all in all, there's not a statistical significance 
if that's the right terminology. Anyway, they've they've done the statistics on they've done the analysis on this and the p values would show that they really in your top 10 the most dominant strengths that you have or talents themes that you have don't really change they just kind of can swap order over time so sometimes if you take it a couple years later you'll see another couple peek in there that you didn't see before so far everybody that i've talked to me included cuz i've taken it 3 times over the last 10 years another one has peaked up but then when I unlocked all 34, I saw that they were just swapping order inside of the top 10. Mm. Did you ever, did you ever get, you've taken it three times. Did you ever take it at the end and go, oh man, I didn't get the one I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yes. And I like so many of them. It's one of the things, you know, doing this for a living, you have to learn how to fall in love with every theme, even the ones that you're really bad at and originally annoy you. And so it, it seems like over time, more and more, I'm, I think, oh, I would love to have that one. <laughs> uh, so yes, it happens. And it happens more as I fall in love with all the themes over time. I'm just jealous because you got the woo theme. And <laughs> I just like saying it. I want woo too. <laughs> I know. I love the... I love having Wu in there. And that's a really polarizing one. It's funny because I was delighted to have Wu show up in my list, not going to lie, with you. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> I think the word is an awesome word. And it also happens to be an acronym. In their terms, it stands for winning others over. So oh, it's I didn't kind know of that. Okay. doubly cool. Yeah. But then when I do training with groups and people get woo, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, a woman in a training class had woo and she couldn't see it as a virtue. She saw it in herself. She agreed with the results and she was wishing hard for that thing to be pushed lower. She thought it got in her way in her career and it was difficult for her to see it being a good thing. How, how do you help people get to that? I mean, how do you get help people go, no, I, I know maybe you're reading it and you're seeing negative, but how do you change them so that they understand that if they begin to use it or play to it, it's actually a good thing for them? How do you, how do you kind of turn that switch in somebody's mind? Yeah, it's a process for sure, because a lot of times they're reacting because they're thinking of really specific things that they've had happen in their career or really specific feedback. A lot of times the way I help is, it's moving from a raw state to a mature state and being able to use that theme. So, for example, with Wu, some of the feedback this person I'm giving as an example had been told that her peers thought she was superficial and that she was kind of fake. And, and of course, from her perspective, her intent was genuine and it really hurt her feelings that people would think that was her intent, that she was being a fake so then it's really a matter of taking it and figuring out how to help the behaviors and just the actions that you take day to day so that they can be perceived positively and so that you're applying it in a way that's very mature and knowing when maybe to call on another strength to temper it. You know, if you come on too strong or you're using something too much or in an awkward way to mature that use of it. So that's one is just kind of stepping through what are the situations where you think it is showing up and it's, you know, creating strain for you and um, and then finding, okay, once you really invest in it, because it's just a raw talent, right? And once you've invested in it, then it can really become a strength for you. So figuring out what those things are and being able to invest, that's the first step. And then another is that people aren't sure in their exact job 
if that it, it's a virtue. Like you might perceive, oh, I have this strength. Let's say you take yours. You have ideation and intellection. Well, if you were in a job where you needed to make really fast decisions and just do what someone else told you and act on them immediately, it might feel really stifling because you like the process of coming up with all the ideas, using your strategic talent to quickly look at all the potential paths and then make something simple out of the complex. And then, you know, that whole process might be fun for you. If you're in an environment that didn't allow you to do it, it'd be really frustrating. I've had that job. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Glad that's a past tense, right? Yeah, exactly. So I wonder too, like with woo specifically, could it also be construed as negative by the person who has it if they're in the wrong culture at work? Yeah, could be. I mean, Let's take an environment where, okay, an example that comes to mind, let's say you're in a, in a situation where you have really serious scientists and they are doing lab experiments and you need to come in and be straight-laced and get to the research and move on, right? And you don't imagine, I don't imagine that environment being really outgoing and fast-paced. It seems very deliberate. And so let's take a woo and show, put them in that environment. Well, they're going to take social initiative. They want to bring energy to situations. They want to meet new people. So their first day on the job, they're going to be walking around trying to meet all the new people who are thinking this person doesn't get anything done. What are they doing? Like, oh my God, who did we hire? So I think that, yes, you could be in an environment or a culture that you, you feel like, wow, I need to figure out how to temper a strength that I have or find a more appropriate use for it in that environment. And so sometimes I think you're just in the dead wrong culture and you might need to move altogether. But you're not just one. It's not a singular thing. You have you're a complex human. So, you know, luckily you have more than one talent and they all kind of play together. So maybe you turn up your other one and turn that one down and really feel out the culture and feel out what is more appropriate in that environment. Right, right. I mean, to me, I think we just talked about kind of a hidden benefit of understanding your strengths, which is once you know what they are, you can begin to assess your work environment for applicability. Yes. And your next career move for applicability, because once you, because then you know what questions to ask and you know whether or not you're going to fit. And I think without knowing that, you may move into a job because someone told you that you needed to do that to fix a weakness. And it could actually be that you are going to do nothing but play in your non-strengths, weaknesses in that role, in which case it's just going to suck the life out of you. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's the big indicator too. If you are feeling like it's soul sucking drudgery to show up to work, it's time to assess it and see why it feels like that and then figure out what actions you can take to get out of that situation, whether it's shaping the job into something else or moving. It could be changing your environment. Yeah, it's funny. Once you once you start to read through the book and you read the different strengths that are there, like you said, there's 34 of them. I've read through all of them at least once. Sometimes I do it just for fun. But you start to recognize some of them in other people. Mm -hmm. And when I read mm -hmm. yours, so strategic maximizer, positivity, individualism, and woo, woo. <laughs> the first thing I said to myself was, well, of course she's going to be a certified strengths performance coach. <laughs> that plays so into her strengths. Yes. <laughs> it so does. So at what point did you realize maybe I should look into being a strengths performance coach? You know, it's funny when I got exposed to all this stuff, it was when the book First Break All the Rules came out. I managed a team of 
I think it was like 36 people on the team and I was using the individualization part like crazy. And that was a cool insight because I thought that's how I can become a better manager is by using this. I can understand what's unique and special about every person and help them uncover that at work. So the first probably seven years I applied this stuff, it was just in practice at work, thinking about it, being a better leader and maybe being a better listener kind of human. And I never thought about it as a career. And what I did do, though, was learning and development, doing training, designing, delivering, speaking, that sort of stuff has been an undercurrent in my career the entire time. So this latest company is just bringing it all together. It's using StrengthsFinder, which I've admired and applied for lots of years, and then using the training and speaking part of my background and the individualization for the coaching part and bringing it all together. It just it just had a moment. I looked back at my bookshelf and saw and recommitted and started taking the Gallup classes to go through the process of getting certified and thought, you know, it's just one of those duh moments where you go, yeah, this is what I should be doing. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of the eureka. Put it all together and use all those threads in life to come back and do something I'll be, I'll stay fired up about. I've had a couple of those eureka moments before. And sometimes you need a coach to pull them out of you. Mm-hmm. And if, at least if you want it to get there quicker, or you can take a long period of time to get there, um, which happened for me initially. And then I ended up hiring a coach to be able to pull stuff out of me faster. Uh, and we won't go into that. But I'm curious, uh, what was the training like when you were going through your um, certification? Um, did you go, did you have to go to a, I assume you had to go to a location. Did you do it online? Was it in person? I mean, and what was it like? Did you go through each and every one of the 34? I just, I just asked you like 12 questions, but just <laughs> <laughs> overall, what was it, what was it like? Cause I'm, it's, it's interesting to me. Yeah. Number one, it was really impressive. They are top notch at Gallup. And so that was reassuring that it's not just mouthpiece stuff, that there are people believe it, live it, walk it. I mean, everything from it, it is in person, by the way. So when you walk in the door, everyone, the receptionist is she's living her strengths and you can see her top five because they're displayed on every person's desk and they just live this stuff through and through. So seeing that they model it was cool. Seeing their offices, they're mostly in um, in Nebraska is where their headquarters are. I did some stuff in Irvine, California, um, but they have training available worldwide for this. I don't think in the process of getting certified to do the strengths work, I don't think they offer any of them virtually. And I thought there was a lot of value in that, actually, because you get to see how they're living it out. Their facilitators are excellent, just A player type. So, you know, they're fit for their roles well and that they apply this stuff and they want people to live their strengths out in their work. And then you get to network with other people and build relationships with other people who are doing similar kind of work. So you're listening to them and how they're internalizing this stuff and you're learning as they're learning and they're talking about what they're learning. So the whole process was really cool. It's several classes. You get to pick from a slate of them to be able to complete what you need to complete. And it it was a great experience. They're materials. They have coaching kits and they offer you of all the research they do because they've had 12 million people take the assessment. They also have a huge history of doing this work with their clients and then they assess all the best stuff. Like what are the questions that get them the best results? What are when they're doing employee engagement work? They essentially have tested all this stuff on themselves and their clients and then opened it up and offer to you 
the tools that they know work because they've been testing it all these years. So in my mind, it's like no question. I can't replicate what they've done for the last 50 years. And their data is so rich. And I'm not strong in the analytics side anyway, as you could see from me not knowing if statistical was a word earlier. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, and I remember statistics class in grad school not being my favorite ever. Yeah, mine neither. So (laughs) let someone do what they're great at. And then I can go do the front end part of the delivery. You know, something just hit me as you were, as you were talking and you just said that, but you know, we're talking about strengths and strengths uh, really are, you know, and, and some people contrast that with weaknesses. And what just hit me, this is my eureka moment. You can tell me whether it was a good one or a bad one as soon as I'm done saying it, <laughs> mm-hmm. but strengths are really individual. When you talk about a strength, you're talking about something that is that is individually connected to one person. But when you talk about weaknesses, typically what's happening is we are comparing you to someone else. That's why, you know, like if the bosses say you need to work on your weakness, well, they're looking at someone else who may have a completely different set of strengths than you do to compare you to that saying, well, if you want to get to that position, you need to be better at this. And I'm just wondering now that I've said that out loud, what do you think? think about that. Is that, (laughs) is that applicable? (laughs) It could be a really cool way to frame it. Um, I think, so my individualization loves that because I do think that the talents you have and then how you invest in them and how they show up as your strengths, they will be totally unique to the person. So that part of the answer, yeah, that's a really cool angle. You know, the flip you could say, well, if a strength, like the way Gallup defines a strength is an area where you've invested in your natural talent to the extent that you have near perfect performance every time. And you can just kind of look at it skill to skill. And so I guess in order to define perfect or imperfect, you probably have to compare with somebody else. So yeah, we could probably... We could probably go in some circles and figure out how to get that definition to really work out. But just at a notion level, I like what you said a lot. I mean, it's it's true. You need to think of yourself as a performer and nobody else is like you out there and nobody has the makeup that you have. And so these things give you a way to look at your the talents you have and what you can do with them. And they are. They're going to be totally unique to you because no one else is just like you. Okay. Feel free to steal that. Nice. I'll I'll be noodling on that one. Obviously, you have a process that you walk people through who come to you. And I know that you work with both businesses as well as individuals. So for this discussion, let's stick with the individuals, like people who may be listening today. What is your process when when a client comes to you? I I believe you've got a five-step process, but what is your process? How do you get them started and and where do you take them? When it's in a coaching context, um, I always have them do StrengthsFinder first off. Then go through a process of, I just call it, name it, claim it, aim it. So naming it is the part of it where they're able to see those top five and identify with them and just understand what they are and how they show up on them at work. It's really when the person is experiencing it, it's the time to watch it in action because a lot of people have never even taken the time to try to see what they're good at. So they kind of need to walk around for a couple of weeks and and go, oh, okay, I'm using it there okay, I had this conversation at work and it happened here. I was executing this task and I saw that there. So that's naming it. And then claiming it is being able to kind of fall in love with it because most people will resist. They might love a couple of things and go, yeah, I'm pretty good at that. And then I don't know if it's like the humility training that people go through or what it is, but there's just this resistance that seems 
with 100% <laughs> occurrence that people want to resist some of what they're great at. So the claim it process is falling in love with the talents and then not just making a commitment to invest in them, but understanding why they're doing it and that it's a great thing and that it's going to make them a stronger performer, a better person. I mean, all the way down to things like making them a more likable person, because when you're on fire and you're energized about your work, you're going to be loving it. And then the last step is aiming it. And that's really taking the strengths and aiming it at really specific problems, challenges, performance, or things that you're trying to do. Like if you're trying to go through a job transition or you're having a hard time with a person at work or you're on the horizon, you have some challenging project and you want to apply it, then you start lining the talents up, the talent themes, and then applying it to that stuff. And a lot of it's just, you know, listening, discussing, asking questions. And as you've talked a lot about coaches, it's me asking questions to get the person to think through things that they're not seeing because they're just right in front of it. Yeah. Yep. And having gone through a coach or using a coach myself, I can't, I can't speak highly enough about people like yourself who work with people like me and others like me to pull from us the things that are inside that are hiding, that are waiting to be rediscovered because they were there once. We were kids and we all, our our true selves were out there for the world to see. Yeah. But as for some reason, as we grow up, that true self kind of hides and we don't want to admit what maybe some of our natural strengths and talents are. You know, people like yourself who can help bring that out, provide valuable service to people and it can help them get unstuck and help them move their career forward. Yeah. And you do the same. I mean, you're coaching even in the podcast as you are coaching people by offering advice and asking questions. I think you help people see things in themselves they can't see. I, I believe in it a lot, too. And I think you're right. There's a lot of there are a lot of years that add up where you're just pushing down parts of you that you don't need to. I mean, there are certain things that you want to stop after your kid, like stop picking your nose in public, right? But after <laughs> a few of those are gone and you're just refined enough to be out in the world, then why do we keep pushing down the parts of us that we think we should not show anymore? And then when people discover things through StrengthsFinder or whatever way they're discovering their genius, you know, and they start to let it back out, they're amazed. Like, oh, the world's not rejecting me for this. Actually, people are really open-minded and um, receive me better because I'm being more of me. So employee engagement is something that gets talked about a lot, especially with bigger corporations. If people were in positions that played to their strengths, would that help you think with employee engagement? <laughs> yeah. So Gallup has stats on that and have they've done the research and have found that when companies help people focus on their strengths every day, they're six times more engaged with their work. So imagine feeling that, just that much more enjoyable of a day. Also, that people who are engaged report three times the quality of life. I mean, think about the phrase quality of life. It's about your life because work makes up so much of it. But focusing on your strengths every day helps you have three times the quality of life, six times more engaged with the work. It's just one of those things where once you know the actual impact on your productivity and your life, there's no reason to not go do this. In addition to your coaching, you also have a podcast. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit what's the what's the name of the podcast first? Sure, it's Lead Through Strengths. Okay. And and what is the podcast about? Uh, now it's about interviewing people 
who are leaders or thought leaders and experts out there on using your strengths every day to make you stronger at work. And I take guests with their unique angle, whatever theirs is, as an example, yours personal branding. So you come on, we talk about strengths in the context of personal brand. And uh, it's just some really cool conversations have happened. I also have a set of interviews that happened or a set of episodes rather that happened that were more Q&A focused where people had the opportunity to ask the questions that were on their minds about their career and then being able to apply their uniqueness to their career problems. So that, that was the front end of it. And now it's all interview focused. Okay. Yeah. And I've listened to every, every episode. You do a very good job, uh, especially with your guests. Lots of good, insightful questions. Thank you. Uh, and that's, that podcast is called Lead Through Strengths. So people can find you there. But where else would you recommend? So what would be the best way for listeners to get in touch with you, to learn more about your coaching, to learn more about StrengthsFinder or you know just about you in general? Sure. So my website is pinchyourselfcareers.com and you can reach out to me at lisa at pinchyourselfcareers.com if you want to email me. I'm on Twitter at Lisa Cummings and I'm on LinkedIn and all those other good places as well. Happy to connect. Uh, active on Facebook as well, mostly personal. Yeah, come on out if you want to read, you know, see stuff about ATVing <laughs> and the other questions <laughs> you asked me earlier. Oh, you found out where I got all my information. Some, yeah, you, you did some digging though. <laughs> hey, by the way, I love the logo that you have for Pinch Yourself Career. Thank you. That's very clever. Thank you. And and I'm not going to describe it because I want people to go see what it is that I'm talking okay, about. Okay, good. We'll see if people <laughs> think it's as fun as we do. All right, Lisa, any final thoughts, words of wisdom or tips that you would like to pass on to anybody that's listening today? I think just ending on that notion that you as a person who owns your own career, you should be doing more of what fuels you up and what you're good at and try to do less of what you suck at because, you know, if it feels crushed it's going to suck your energy out and make your performance worse at work. So go out there and seek out what brings you energy and what fuels you up. And I recommend everybody listening to go check Lisa out and her Pinch Yourself Career site too, because you've got a lot of great information that can help people get out of that rut and move into their strength zone. So thank you very much for being on today. I greatly appreciate it. And thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us today. Thanks, Ryan. Are you struggling at work? Does work make you feel cruddy or like it's sucking the life out of you? If so, it's very possible you are not working in your strengths zone. Not long ago, these same feelings were making me miserable at work. It's not that I wasn't performing. It's not that I had a bad boss. In fact, I quite liked my boss. The problem was more basic than that. At its core, I wasn't working in my strengths and I could feel it in my bones each and every day. In my case, I could name and claim my strengths, but I wasn't able to aim them in my job because of the nature of the work, and so I knew I had to move to a different role. And that's okay, because this is what's great about your strengths once you know them. You can use them to assess your current situation, as well as any future opportunities. As Lisa said, if you use your strengths in this manner and begin to do work in your strengths zone, you can become six times as engaged at work. Imagine that for a moment. Six times as engaged. And if that isn't enough, potentially even up to 3x improvement in your quality of life just by doing what you're naturally wired to do. Not all of us can do every job so well that we see these types of results. But for those of us who name and claim our strengths and figure out how to aim them in our professions, the sky really is the limit. 
Nobody else is like you out there. Nobody else has the makeup that you have. So identify your strengths and use them to your advantage. Lisa, thank you again for being a guest on the show today and sharing your StrengthsFinder wisdom with us. You can find today's show notes over on the blog, this time over at ryanroten.com forward slash Lisa Cummings. If you're new to the show or a longtime listener and you haven't yet clicked the subscribe button, I encourage you to head on over to ryanroten.com forward slash iTunes. There you can subscribe to the show so you'll have all of the latest episodes downloaded every week to your device of choice. And as for you, the loyal listener, I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Your ratings and reviews on iTunes are the ultimate performance appraisal. They encourage and inspire me to continue to use my strengths each and every week. So that wraps us up for today. Remember, you are at your strongest when working within your strengths. Take the assessment, then spend the time naming, claiming, and aiming your strengths at work in order to impact your career in a meaningful way. So until next week, as always, I've been Ryan, and I'm out. This week's show was edited and produced by Ryan Roden. And the intro and outro music is Pulse by Soundroad.